Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fortnite Story. I'm joined alongside an amazing creator, creative, and uh, businessman running his own uh, solid business called Centrist. I'm joined by Vanny Visuals. How's it going, Vanny? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm pretty excited for today. And uh, yeah, what you said, um, I, I'm creative. Um, I started off as a video editor. Then after a while, I, I just got more into the channel management side. Uh, I know you, that you already talked with Heaven about uh, channel management and about, you know, creative direction. Um, and outside of that, you know, I still have a company called Centrist, as what you said. Uh, what we do, we basically sort out everything marketing-wise for uh, esports player or for content creator um, or even, you know, esports organizations nowadays, too. Uh, we've been trying to focus up a little bit more on that since... Well, the market is just way better for that first off and second off. I feel like it's way more fun too. Cause like after a while, if you, if you worked a lot with like individuals, uh, you kind of get bored of it and you just really want to figure something else out and like actually work with like a company and try and, you know, grow like a 40 man company or something like that. That's just like more fun to do in my opinion. But yeah, yes. once again, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> Yeah, of course. No, you reached out and you're like, uh, are you going to have any like creative people on here? People that aren't players? I was like, hell yeah, let's get you on here. I'm excited to chat with you. We've worked together in the past. Um, now, your name is Tuan, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's my name. And yeah. so how do we get Vanny visuals? Like, where does that come from? I was already prepared for this one. Um, <laughs> so I've been in the community for quite some time now. I was in the community before World Cup. Uh, but nobody knew me as Vanny Visuals back then. Um, I I was just a random, you know, like back in the day, the cinematic montages that people would do in Fortnite. Right. I would do those, but in like a very bad way. Like I was, if I look back at my montages, it was horrible. I was I was recording all my cinematics on console with an Elgato that had like 30 FPS on it, so it looked really bad. Uh, and my name back then was Outer Passive which is a horrible name. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I ever went for that name in, in, in the first place, but uh, I kind of rebranded after a while because I want to do more content uh, rather than montages. And I, I remember I had the word visuals, obviously, that I really wanted to use. And I um, I kind of just like came up with Vanny. I looked it up, like what are like words in like different languages for like good or great or like, you know, something like that. And then I found that Vanny in old English means like godly or like solid or like, you know, quality wise. So I, I thought that's cool if you have a two, if you have like a V and a V as the two words. So I kind of like came up with that and it just always stuck with me after that. Okay. Um, so the alliteration, a little deeper meaning. Now, I never knew that. So. Godly, yeah, I, godly visuals is essentially the name pretty much yeah pretty much and i, I thought it was really cool too because like i remember i was in a call with my buddies from college and we were just like talking about uh about names and all of a sudden you know we came up with well i, I said vanny visuals and they were like oh this is really good like it sounds nice you know um so that was like kind of the idea within it and i know that a lot of people they also call me vanny visuals but <laughs> I don't, I don't really like it when people call me that. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound as good. Now, during your 
entire time or most of the time within the space you were in college, right? You only graduated recently. Um, How was that experience of doing both school and trying to make it? Because you also started your own business while doing this. So that's got to be a a lot. Tell me about that experience. Yeah. So I, I used to create my own videos back in the day. I think that everyone has ever created like their own videos whenever they, uh, they turned out to be an editor or a motion designer or designer or whatever. Like as a creative, I feel like a lot of people, they created their own videos before they started to do more within the business side of things. Um, so I was already editing a lot of videos for myself. I uploaded four times a week on my old channel and it was a Dutch channel. Um, and I was just playing FIFA and I did pretty decent for myself. I had like 15 K subs. Uh, I was averaging between like 10 to 12 K views per video, which was really nice for back then, considering that, you know, you're always making as much or you're, you're always getting as much views as you would get within your subscriber count, which is always a good thing, you know? Um, so I was already doing that channel got hacked. I'll get more into that later on, but I was already editing a lot for myself. And once my channel got hacked, I just like, I needed something else. I really wanted to like edit for like, you know, Fortnite players or or content creators or like FIFA or COD or whatever it was. I just wanted to edit. And, um, since I was already in film school, like I graduated like film and animation school. So like I do 3d animation, 2d animation, uh, videography and video editing in general. So those are four things that I already had a lot of passion for. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, to just do something that was like, um, you know, a fun job for me. I didn't really care too much about the money. I used to charge like $5 a video when I was like 19, you know, so I was making less than minimum wage. Uh, and after a while, once COVID like kind of started out, I, I uh, was working with another agency before Centrist, and um, they were working back then. This is like, I'm talking about like chapter two, season two. So you had Zexrel, Bucky before he got banned, Creel, Kanata, um, Nanolite, like all of these OG players who kind of like quit or who kind of like didn't do too well or who aren't like performing as they used to be doing. I was working with these guys, like just editing their videos. And I would just like edit like nine or 10 videos a day since like COVID kind of like slowed things down within school. Um, and after a while, I just got more and more into like just my own thing, uh, just like managing channels and all that. Uh, and it was until I had my internship, it was very easy to, to handle things because I could do my schoolwork within 10 minutes a day. And I would just simply have like the rest of the day off. Cause like it was like so little work where I was already ahead of the, the rest of my classes. Um, so I could just really invest my time into editing and, and into like business wise. Um, and, uh, once my internships came around, that's the reason why I built Centrist too, was because if I didn't have the time to edit the videos myself or manage the videos myself, I would always already have like a team beside me. I would only take like $5 a video, uh, instead of like, having to to like give my clients away to someone else who i didn't know i would have like people around me to who i could trust and who would just like deliver the videos to me and then at like 9 p.m i would like just do the entire management for the videos myself um so during the internship seasons like the the two half years i was doing internship it was a pretty painful uh 
experience, but before and after that was really nice. And and what was your internship? So I I first worked with uh with a an esports organization called PSV Esports. Uh, they are more of like a FIFA organization. Okay. And they're pretty much like PSV is like the soccer team in my local, uh, like in my town that I've been supporting for like 16 years. And they kind of like got more to FIFA after a while. I also competed in a few of their, their tournaments when I was younger. And they also got, after a while, they got into League of Legends. So I was like their, their League of Legends guy. And I don't know anything about League. Like I don't understand the game at all. Um, so I was... It, it was interesting because like I needed to learn like how how the game worked like what kind of different uh, characters you had like what the hell was going on with that um, and I was I was like doing their videography editing and um, designing too because they were pretty small they had like a team of four people and that was it. Um, so that was the first one and it was really bad because like the communication wise it was like i would get a message sent at like 4 a.m my time um and they, they live in this like we live in like 15 minutes away from each other like everyone okay. uh so they would send me a message at like 4 a.m we need this by 6 a.m i was just sleeping and they would get pissed off i wouldn't have like a design <laughs> done at six at 6 a.m which is just impossible yeah um and then the second one i was working for a film studio uh and they're more into like uh, the business movies, like tutorials or like um, instead of having like PowerPoints nowadays, they do like a lot of animations. Okay. So I was like in charge of like more of the animation side of things. And uh, I would go on shoots with them like once for a few weeks. Uh, but since COVID got worse after a while, I decided to, to work at home again because my girlfriend back then, or now my ex, uh, she worked in like a, a nursing house for handicapped people so i needed to like stay away from like COVID as much as i possibly could because i couldn't have the idea of like me having COVID, giving it to her and she getting all those kids ill and they would eventually die i could not live my, with myself if that would happen um so that was you know also not too easy to do because like if one person is on remote and the, there's like a team of 50 other people just at the office you will see that they're not going to go to meet as much for work whenever they have like two other interns who, who can still do like everything in the office, um, which was, you know, it's a shame. I feel like I, I could have done more within it, but on the other hand, like I'm happy that I did choose to, you know, stay at home and just like really not get COVID because, uh, you know, I couldn't live my, with myself if that would happen with those kids in that nursing house. Yeah, that sounds so, like it would have sucked. Um, all right, much. so that's a, a lot already. You've basically said you did your own video editing. You worked as, I don't even know, it sounds like graphic designer, video editor, League of Legends person for a local esports. And then you also worked within a film studio doing animations, editing, different things like that for them. Um, yeah. So that's just the past few years, right? And were you going to school or was the internship technically your school? Um, are you still taking classes while this is all going on? Like, what does that look like? So the 
the way that these internships work out is like the first two years of, of college, you just have classes, 40 hours a week, that's it. And obviously like your homework and all that. Um, and then after the first two years and the third year, you have like half a year of school to excuse me, prep for internship. And then the last half year is going to be internship itself, no school at all. Hmm. So we didn't go to school at all in, in that time. We were just working 40 hours a week. And well, in my case, it sometimes it was 65 or 70 hours a week um, for like 25 bucks a month, which is horrible. Um, and then the first part of the fourth year, so my last year was the first half year was going to be internship again. And then like it was like three or four days, I would have a class here and there just like see what other people were doing on their internships and all that. And then the last half year was uh, preparation for final exams, um, getting your grades up a little bit higher whenever you didn't really have like too good of a grade. Like I I was pretty luckily that I um, always did what, I, what was asked for me. So I never had to go to those classes. Um, well, most people then didn't need to go there. And then I had my exams and that was just from home and it was the easiest exam ever like it was <laughs> we would get our footage itself you would get like a debrief of like what you needed to do and if you did exactly what you needed to do without being super creative with it you could still get like a nine out of ten wow um, which was way too easy in my opinion but i mean they kind of i think they kind of like gave us an easier exam because you know within covid we did have like a little bit of like a fallback when it comes to like quality wise uh, compared to like other years. So I guess that they try to like help us out in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's a very different experience, at least from what I did. Like internships during college here in the US is typically just thrown on top of all your classes. So it's like you yeah. go to your normal classes and then like three to five hours a day after class or before class whenever it may be, you do the internship as well. I mean, some people are crazy. Mine was like 15 hours a week, but other people I know almost worked a full-time job. And some people, like, it depends, I guess, what you're doing. Um, you work an internship during the summer or do something, and it, it does count as credits, but not for me. So we'll see how that that uh, all plays out. But that's interesting. I, I like that model of actually getting experience because then when you go find a job, it's not like, oh, I, I all I've done is learn and do things that someone in class has told me. Like now you're actually going out in the world and you, you've been there and had experience with it. Granted, it, it sounded like it was kind of shitty with the one, one company yeah. texting <laughs> you and getting angry uh, mm. for the morning. But nonetheless, so how and how is Centrist going now? Like, we're kind of... When did you start Centrist? Um, so I started building Centrist uh, in August 2020. Okay. So and, two years out. Yeah, but I, I launched it in January 2021. Um, so it took a lot of time. I was working with a lot of different people. Uh, and, like, a lot of things didn't fall through with, with like, people. Because I, I had a different vision than they did. And, you know, with, with me being, like, the the actual owner, me paying all the taxes and all that, it was just like really hard to, you know, get on the same level with some people. So after a while I was like, all right, screw this. I'm just going to do this on my own. And I'll have like people still working with me around it, but uh, not with a like, co-ownership or anything like that. Cause it just didn't work out at that point. 
Um, so, you know, in January of 2021, we uh, launched Centrus. We had like a team of like three editors and, and four designers back then and, and one channel manager. And we're at a point right now where we have, I believe, nine editors, seven designers and four channel managers and two social media managers. So we're doing really well for ourselves um, into a way that, you know, if I want this to continue, if I don't feel like esports after a while is going to be like a little bit more of like a boring sub subject for me, I can, I can make sure that this is going to be like my, my next thing for like the, the upcoming five years, just working on Centrius still, you know, consulting organizations from time to time when it comes to their content and just having fun with it pretty much. Like I, I just love now that I'm officially done with school, I can just, you know, wake up whenever I want and just do whatever I want. And I know for a fact, like some videos that they, they do a little bit worse than other ones, but that's like the entire working process and learning process between it too. And I feel like that, uh, especially in the last year has helped me as like, a a content director or channel manager or whatever you want to call me, I feel like I've grown so much within that, that, you know, it's been easier for me to, uh, to do my job. Cause, um, you know, obviously with TikTok as well, like you're getting so much content feed off you, like into you now with TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, YouTube itself, like even still like for the, for the elderly Facebook, <laughs> you know, there, there's there's so much content that, that you're consuming on a daily basis. I feel like I'm only learning more and more within it whenever I'm like actually watching content because, you know, and I feel like everyone has has had this whenever they would have either Instagram reels or uh, TikTok. Like I, I lay in bed and I'm like, all right, let me go on TikTok for 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden we're five and a half hours later on. And, you know, these these new trends, like they're they're fun to, to learn about, like, why is this trend working out? Why is this not working out? And it's really interesting to see that. Um, and it's cool to see, you know, like that there's like different things going on now too. Like you had, uh, right now you have like a, a pretty, in my opinion, a, a dry period of time on, on YouTube where it's like, everyone's doing like the, I built this in 24 hours. I only ate green stuff for 24 hours. I, um, I spent a hundred thousand dollars in 24 hours. Like this content right now is pretty stale to a point that it needs a new shift, but it's going to take a while. And, um, in that way, I don't really like, like how the gaming community, for example, is really going backwards when it comes to like view wise. Cause like, I don't know, Fortnite viewers have been lower than they have been before. Um, also because of COVID, obviously, like people were playing way more games back in COVID. But <clears throat> like you can see that, you know, this IRL content state right now is pretty dry and all that. Um, and totally sidetracking this entire <laughs> thing. It's all but. good, all good. <laughs> why do you think that is? Like why do you think everyone or the YouTube content has gotten stale? And I mean, I've seen it especially within Fortnite really – there's only a few people that seem to be doing super well and everyone is kind of teetered off as to, as opposed to where it was back in the day, you put anything with Fortnite on YouTube and it seems to get hundreds, if not thousands of views with no effort. But why, why do you think it's kind of like tailed off recently? So in the past two years, I would especially say that, you know, with the, 
with like a lot of the content creators who used to be like just Fortnite, you know, you had before Ninja switched off to other games, you had Ninja always posting daily and he, um, he would get like simply what you were saying, like the, just like a 15 kill win, he would get like 2 million views for it. And yet Tim, the top man who was doing stream highlights, Dr. Lupo, who also did like high kill games or stream highlights. And then you had like all these, these, big streamers now who like more variety streamers they used to be just just fortnite itself and i feel like that's a big part of like why the, the viewership in fortnite in general kind of died down because people didn't really see like the fun of just like screwing around anymore and i don't want to you know i don't want to blame competitive at all because i i love competitive myself it's it's a really cool thing to see uh especially you know if obviously if one of my boys like does, does well whenever it comes to like me uh or whenever they do well at FCS or whatever, like uh, that always makes me happy. But I feel like they should have done something within pubs, probably where you know maybe even no bills two years ago would be such a blessing for a lot of people. So there would be like a little less tryhards onto onto things. Or they, um, I I don't remember if you were uh, were you familiar with like season X whenever they did like the turbo building. Um, yeah, when cool they have tur turbo building. Yeah, I think honestly, if they just did that for pubs alone, that the game would be so much more enjoyable for like the your casual player. Because like nowadays, if I'm in a pub with my buddy TDH, we we play we play Rocky reels only. So what we do <laughs> is whenever we we're playing, and that's like maybe once per three weeks, we just land on Rocky reels like on the cinema building the entire time. And that's the only thing that we do. We just like do all spawn if we do well and, and we're like mid game. All of a sudden you have like 10 kids like cranking up like super fast during edit courses and, and all that crap. And it just it just makes it less enjoyable for your your you know, your your twenty-two, twenty-three year old player. And I feel like that in general has maybe dined down a little bit with the with the game itself. And when it comes to like competitive the only two type of videos you can really post now if you want some sort of success on YouTube is either a tournament highlight video or just a montage highlight. And those are the only two things that really do well because it's just like nobody wants to try something new, you know, in, in that sort of way. And it's, it's sad to see. It sucks, especially that, you know, I, I remember I was, when I, I was working with Sticks, we would uh, post like day in the life of a Fortnite pro type, type B. And those videos would get like 12, 14K views on a channel that only had 7K subs, which was pretty nice. Um, and that was like, whenever we did that, we tried to do it again and again, and it worked out. But after a while, it kind of like, you need to find something new. And I feel like a lot of the newer players they don't want to find something new and they don't actually want to do like good content. And they're just like relying on, you know, a $5 editor or a $10 editor who can simply just get something done within 35 minutes. Yeah. They um, take the, the end game, like the five minutes, they clipped of end game, throw like game X or whatever game it is, throw like a simple yeah. transition and then call it a video. But I mean, like you mentioned, the problem is those are the videos that seem to be doing well. Like, everyone wants to go watch how Kanata placed X in a tournament. Typically, it's been first place in yeah. this season. 
or like mm-hmm. Queasy, Thomas HD, Tripper, and like everyone wants to go see that. So it's it's understandable why all that content's doing well because those are the best players in the world. But I was talking to um, Nani, a good guy Nani, if you know who that is. He was on the yeah. podcast the other day, and uh, he's a very big personality and was saying that you know not a lot of people in the Fortnite space as far as like players go want to be a personality that really just want to play the game which is understandable a lot of them are younger kids and they really just want to grind the game so they're all being told okay you have to do Fortnite content you have to do some kind of content and the lowest means of entry is clips and end game clips and putting those together. So like, it all makes sense if you don't want to do content, but your org or like someone's telling you, you have to do content. Like that is the easiest way to get there. And then since everyone is doing that kind of thing, then YouTube's like, Oh, this is what everyone wants to watch because this is what's being put out by your biggest Fortnite competitive creators. So, I mean, I understand the whole cycle of it. It's just, I'm with you. I wish someone would be, a little more creative and that's become legends i think does the best content right now just yeah. as far as like capturing everything going on which is really cool um but that's also super high budget with what they're doing they're doing boot camps they're filming everything and they're signing freaking mr savage like that that is not by any means like a, a cheap way to do content but i i love what they've progressed to do and i hope other people start to do similar things uh yeah so yeah i mean that's just kind of my little tangent of what i've seen yeah no i agree totally with you so um and i have a story behind like the the entire like so i was working with you know uh, what i already mentioned i was already working with six and i was um doing the things like i was trying to make him more of a personality because back in the day, he used to, you know, he, he used to do well on console. Um, and he got, like, second place at FCS Grands on console. And whenever I started working with him, we were both in the same comm team back then. Um, and I, I told him, like, listen, if you if you want to do well, vlogs are going to help you out. You can do well within um, just random content. And, and back then, it was, like, the... One chest challenge and all that was like something that was like a known thing. Um, so I told him to do that type of thing. It did well for, for him. Like it didn't get like crazy amount of views, but considering like he was at 3K subs back then and we're just like uploading different things, it worked out for him for a while. And um, after a while, we just like he, he started doing better in primal season and we started like doing a little bit less of like the more content side and more like the tournament videos and, and highlight videos. And the moment that we picked it back up, it really helped out a lot too. And I really do think like people like Six, Arab, and those people like who really like have more of a personality, they like nobody's gonna be the next place. There's there's just no way that somebody's gonna be the next place. But you can still be like someone like Arab, for example, who based his entire viewership first off at Fortnite and then made a complete switch and just look what he's doing now. He's doing amazing for himself when it comes to like his streams, like his YouTube is doing better outside of his, like his shorts do really good, but his YouTube, like his normal videos don't do too well right now, but I don't think he really cares so much because he, 
he's seen so much more growth on his Twitch. And I do think like after a while, it will just convert also into YouTube viewers if you don't see his stream, for example. Um, so Arab is like someone who I look up to in a sort of way that he built his entire viewership off of Fortnite. And he just said, oh, screw this Fortnite. I hate the game right now. I don't want to play this. I just want to travel. I don't care how much money I'm going to be making. I don't care how much I'm spending. I just want to do what I think is fun. And that's really like, I really think that's a cool thing that he did. Uh, and I kind of try to do that same type thing with Joji uh, before he quit. Uh, I got flown out to Virginia and I was there for a month. I was doing a lot of videos for him. Like we were we were kind of like going more into like the phase rug type content or like even banks from back in the day we were like i was vi i was doing all the direction and filming for his channel and he was just simply being himself and um i still have like 90 videos that we still would need to post if he would ever come back uh but i don't i don't think he's going to come back anytime soon uh, which kind of sucks because like i know for a fact if the guy if he would just put all his time into content now, he could easily just like convert his viewership from Fortnite to, to something else too. Um, Jeez, and man. I'm just looking at his channel now. The views and like everything is crazy. I didn't realize Joji's channel was like. Yeah, no, I grew his channel from 40k to 100k in less than 11 months. I think. Okay. I'm not totally sure. If it's 11 months or something like that. Um, and I remember the first few videos we did, it was like mainly highlight videos because he was working with the channel manager before me, who was like a big fan of just like doing song promos. And he didn't really care too much about the, you know, about the actual content and him getting a fan base. And then I sat a call with Joji. And once we started working together, I was like, listen, I know you might not want to do this, but it's really going to help your viewers on Twitch out and on YouTube because that was whenever arena gameplay was not really being done anymore. Uh, and I said to him, give me, you know, for example, a thousand bucks a month and you stream for 10 hours in, in three days and I'll get seven videos per week out for you on your channel. And, um, you'll see instant growth. And the first two videos didn't do too well. I mean, he had 40K subs back then. 3K views per video is not good because you're not even hitting uh, a tenth of your sub count when it comes to views. And then after a while, he started doing better and better and one video just got 100K views. And then at that point, it just like, he was getting 30K, 40K, 30K views. And he was making well over what he was paying me per month, which was really nice to see because obviously like I'm all in for like getting as much profit in for my clients as I possibly can. Cause at the end of the day, I don't want to take someone's money out of their wallet without them getting somewhat of a return. Like even if you're making 70 75% back from what you're paying me, like you're still investing into your own brand. And if you can get to a point where you're breaking even or making profit after X amount of time, that makes me happy. And if I see like, for example, if a guy pays me like $50 on a video, and um, they're making $250 on that video. I honestly don't care that they're making $200 profit because I'm doing my part. And they had their own share into their success too because, you know, someone who is making $10 on a video and they're losing out on $60 per video. Um, 
for the first three months, I feel bad for, for them because like, I don't want to be the guy who's going to be stealing all your money is what I said. And the moment that you do get profit, I do see that you're getting like 10 X on what you're paying me. That's cool. You know, like I, I just want to see results and I just want to do my job. And you know, obviously like the money's cool and all that, but at the end of the day, you just really want to make sure that first off, someone's going to be more of a personality online because if they're doing it right at 50 K subs, they're going to be doing it right at 500 K subs, you know? Right. So in that, in that point that you're, that you know what you're doing on a channel and you just need a little bit more time until they're going to really blow up in a sort of way. Um, and they're making, you know, they're already making way more than what you're getting paid. That just makes my life way more enjoyable. That makes me motivated into a way where um, I don't need to be worried about if a video is going to be on time or not or whatever. Like I just know for a fact that the moment that we upload, the video is going to do well and there's not going to be any stress around it. Um, and that's what happened with Joji too. Like he, he is luckily enough that the kid was super fast with his fingers on his keyboard. <laughs> Cause I don't know how the hell he was able to, to do the things he was doing. Um, but it worked out for him. And I was really happy whenever that happened. Cause you could also see other creators and, and create, uh, and pros also looking into me, uh, I had a few guys in Warzone who were in phase back then, um, who saw the results I was doing. They really wanted to work with me. Well, at that point I was just like overbooked and, um, I was also working with Ianzo for a while, did the same strategy with Joji. Ianzo grew 13K subs in one month once I was working with him. And he only had 7K subs back then. So he's, he went from 7 to 20K subs in one month. And he was making like triple the amount of money that he was paying me, which was also cool. And um, now with Kanata too, I see like a big difference on his channel already. I'm only in my first month with him. And he's, um, he's already making like obviously like i talk about money a lot when it comes to that way but it's just mainly because like i find it really important that their financial situation is going to be way better once i work with them and obviously like for kanada he doesn't really need some guidance within his personality because the kid just runs up to janice and just tells him <laughs> he's really bad at the game and that's just how he is it's it's really funny to see but that's just like kind of like in a way how he as a person is as well. And, and I feel like if he decides to ever quit playing Fortnite and um, he wants to build more of a personality, he could be like JD Honor, whoever uh, is big right now because his personality. But in, in like financial way, Kanata is already making more money this month with me. And we, only, we only posted five videos that were monetized um, than what he was making in like the past seven months so for me that's that's just like motivation for me to you know put more time into someone um well and, it makes and, sense from like you're literally being brought on to help with improvement and yeah. like obviously views they they will show but someone's paying you so if you're not providing value back as someone being hired by a creator like it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to continue paying you so from exactly. your perspective it makes a ton of sense while you're focused on delivering that value back not just like obviously it takes time with some channels more than others but mm -hmm. 
Like, it's awesome to see you're delivering that value, creating growth. Um, and even with Joji, like, all he has to do is stream, and then you're just c collecting content from that, putting it on YouTube, and then delivering instant value. Um, with Kanata, though, I'm, I'm interested, because he has to do more than what Joji did, right? He can't stream. You can't just go to his Twitch channel and grab, like, whatever you want. So he needs to send you everything, and... That is a little more work for a Fortnite player. Granted, it's not a lot of work, but has that been difficult or has he been one of the easier players to work with? So, and, and I I can tell you from experience that Kanata is one of the easier players because I, and, you know, like, for example, Aegis is one of those people. We, Centris works with Aegis, so my company works with him. Uh, and I personally work with Kanata alone because, like, I feel like, okay. If I have one channel that I'm just looking after on my own, I'm editing all the videos, I'm doing this thumbnails for it. Like I'm not creating the thumbnails myself, but I do draw all the thumbnails and you know send them over to the designer. And I'm doing literally everything for his channel. I feel like that gives more growth to one channel, and especially because he's like already that big. I need to get him to 300k before the end of next year okay. into that way. Um, but when it comes to like someone like Ages or even Joji back then, whenever you have like a tournament video, you have to send them, send the clips for the tournament video every single day. And it's nothing wrong with it, but they're procrastinating so badly for not just grabbing their, their folder on, on their PC, dragging it over to Google drive, <laughs> sending the link. It's, it's not that hard. And, um, for some reason, some people have more more issues with doing it, and some people just completely forget to record even. And that makes me that pisses me off the most because <laughs> if they don't record, you know that it's gonna be a good video, you know that they're gonna get some some you know good views out of it, and they just say, Oh, I just forgot to record. That really like it annoys me. Cause like I'm thinking like you you have one job outside of placing well, and that's recording your shit, you know. Um it's completely fine. Once again, like it's, it's your problem. Like I'm not going to be the person who's going to, you know, who's going to be pissed off about it. Cause at the end of the day, if you don't want to provide me the clips for things and you don't want to get the views that you should be getting, that's your own fault. Like I can, I can do little uh, about that by telling them before a tournament record. And that's it. Like I, I cannot do more than that. I'm not going to be spotting all of a sudden in the room, just like, grabbing them by their by their shoulder and telling them, listen, you have to record. I'm not going to be that guy. Um, but Kanata, in, in a way, is really easy because, like, he he knows that he has to record. Um, and I also think that it's something in his contract with Kangarna is also saying that he has to record everything. Right. Um, but also, since he's been in the community for a long time, I feel like he he understands what he needs to do, you know, and, and he's been creating content for, like, two years or something. So for him, it's a little bit easier. The only problem, you know, is that he doesn't stream. The only way how he streams is on YouTube, and the quality is really bad on it. Um, so his solo cash cup win was on YouTube, uh, YouTube streams. And I was not in particular happy with the quality, but we still posted it because I knew that the quality for these type of videos doesn't really care too much. Right. Or it doesn't really matter too much. And um, it, it was fine, but... Like with, with Joji, for example, was it was easier because the only thing he would send me was the timestamp of the, the VOD. 
And I was like, all right, well, what, what what is this? What is this? And he goes, kill win. And he doesn't say like 20 kill or 15 kill or whatever. But it was it with with like someone like Joji, it is easier um, since he was streaming a lot more. Um, but with Kyle, it's, it's been really easy because you know even the only thing he's he tells me to do is make sure to get some clips from my tournament videos for highlight videos, and I'm working an hour on to like trimming all these clips, and that's it, and it's completely fine. Cause like I get like 25 recordings and, and it's just from random tournaments too. And from time to time I can just also go for like end game highlights or something like that. But I'm not a big fan of those anymore. I feel like that's a, uh, it, it's been done way too many times. Okay. Uh, and so outside of working with creators, you've also worked with a couple of organizations. Like I know you from working back with elite esports. You've worked with G2 and maybe still work with G2. I'm not exactly sure, but you've, in the beginning of this conversation, you're like, I want to get more towards working with organizations. And obviously you do have that passion for creators, but I mean, you've kind of given us examples as to why they are more difficult to work with rather than working with an organization. And I know working with you in the past, like it's very easy. You kind of, Here's what we want to get done. Let me just hand this over to you. Boom. You send us the return product like from an organization side. That's awesome. When you don't have to go chase down an editor, chase down a designer because you're already chasing down the players, which is hard enough as we've just discussed. Yep. And mm -hmm. then you also have to like get them all together, which is one of the, the tougher things. I mean, I was just speaking with heaven and he's, he's like trying to coordinate time with five different people that, are pretty busy as is to get in the same call, get in the same room and, you know, record something, make sure it's good, you know, not just record anything, but actually record usable footage to throw into a video. But yeah, that, that was a very uh, <clears throat> roundabout question to ask you, like, how has your experience been working with orgs? I, I know G2 and elite. And then, you know, how do you, do you expect to grow that now that you've kind of set that baseline? So, um, I used to work with Optimal Ambition whenever the fishy sticks were on there. Sticks helped me out with getting the job. Um, that was my first ever org I ever joined. So it, that was not like my best period when it comes to like me doing content side of organizations. Um, I worked with TNL, who used to be in, um, in West. Didn't really do too much for them. I only edited their videos and the moment I started working with Elite, so we had we have Pearson who is, but used to run the Extra Channel pretty much like Extra Gaming. He used to do their stuff. He did a smashing job. The only thing that he, um, from time to time, has like some problems with is is his communications. And I talked about it with him. Like, and I'm I'm really like all for like helping the people around me out with getting better as like a creative or as a content director or as a manager in general. Uh, so I talked to him a lot about like how he can improve in, in, in um, communication wise. And so he's working more of that now. Um, but what we do within, for example, with elite, we get the footage sent towards us. We do send video ideas from time to time, whatever it's like more of a dry state of Fortnite. We send a lot of different ideas. I send like a briefing and all that. Um, like what to say and what to do. It's kind of like a script in that way. Um, 
so we do that. They they send us the the footage. We get an editor to edit the video. We check for revisions ourselves first before we send it over to a different or before we send it over to Elite or to a different organization because we feel like it's um it is important to you know check the videos out and and see if the editor didn't screw something up and well it doesn't really happen often that something like that happens but if you have like for example someone um new editing on the uh, editing the video they have a complete different vision of doing things it can be a little bit harder but um so after that we we just send like the total package of what we should be delivering and that's as easy as it is um but when it comes to g2 i personally worked with g2 as a freelancer and i'm putting emphasis on worked because i have not heard anything back from him from them the past few months um which is totally respectable like i get it they're they were rebranding the entire fortnite team um it just sucks for me because first off i love g2 as an organization they were my dream organization they were the organization i wanted to work for really badly um but it just it's annoying to see that you know if, if you're such a fan of an organization and uh your passion is really with them and you really want them to do well uh, that you're just not really getting anything back from from them at that point because uh, they don't really have anything for me to do and i totally respect it once again like i I understand why they don't have the um, why don't they don't have videos for me and and that there's just simply nothing they can do, but you know it, it sucks in that type of way. So I'm right now I'm just looking for something that's gonna well first off help me out as a videographer because I I do film uh, quite often now and I want to become a better videographer, but into a way I want to become the guy in content who does from A to Z. So who does all the pre-production, coming, coming up with video ideas, buying all the props for it, doing all the filming and direction for it, and then also the editing. And if I'm not editing the video myself, I'll get someone who I can really trust within it. And um, there were a few organizations who were looking into that, and uh, I was going to get flown out to the U.S. for that since you know I used to live in the U.S. as most people can hear from my accent. Yeah, um, I was going to say, if someone that's not living in the U.S., you speak very fluent English. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like, I, I was, to my seventh, I lived in the U.S. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't born in the U.S., though, but, um, so I was going to get flown out to the U.S. for a year, get the entire content side of things for a house sorted out and all that. It was going to be perfect, and it just didn't fall through, um, and, because of like this entire thing, like I was gonna, so I broke with my girlfriend because we were living together and I, I don't really care too much about like what the people are hearing about me at this point. Like it's a pretty open book into that way. So I broke with my girlfriend to, to move to the U S again. Cause I first off, I lived there for a month and Chick-fil-A was just calling for my name straight away. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I was back in the Netherlands, cause we don't have that here. Um, no, but all seriousness, I um, I just had a lot of. I was really homesick the first week I was I was in the Netherlands again. I really missed it back in the U.S. Uh, the entire culture is different too, and a lot of people say that in Western countries, like when it comes to like the Western economy, you don't see a lot of difference. But when it comes to difference between like a country like the U.S. and a country like the Netherlands, for example, there's a big difference in a way where 
houses are way bigger. People are way more friendlier in the, in the U S um, obviously yeah, some, some people who are not, you know, but that's always the type of thing. Um, but in general, it, it, it really gave me like a vibe that I really need to go back. And for me, this was like the moment where I could get my work visa sorted out. Uh, I could, you know, grow an organization itself. And, um, you know, I was at a point where I was going to be signing the contract and all of a sudden didn't go through, which kind of sucks. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, I mean, it's, it's been, a, it's been a while now. It's been like almost two and a half months now since that happened. Uh, and I'm just at, at this point, I just want to do whatever I can to, you know, to obviously move back to the, to, to the U S and I feel like if I can do it within esports, I, I would love to, I would want to be more, uh, into the content direction side when it comes to esports. Cause it's first off, it's way more fun. And if you have a house together, it's so much easier. Cause like, if you have four players living in a house, you're at, you have your own apartment, you go to the house itself at 10 a.m., for example, and you really need to kind of babysit these players <laughs> at, a, at a point. But if you get them to a good schedule, they go to the gym all together. After that, they record a video, and then they warm up for, for a tournament or they, they start streaming or whatever it is. It makes it so much easier, and that's what I also saw with Joji. Like, we had a certain schedule whenever I was in the U.S. We were um, – well, and we were going to the gym with sticks, and, and – it's crazy how Six even try to get us up at 6 a.m. whenever we would go to bed <laughs> at 4 a.m. Um, but that was that was horrible. So what we would do is we would wake up at 10 a.m. Joji would, would stream from 10 to 12. We would go to the gym at 2. So bef- in that time between, we would just hang out, watch a movie together. Once we get back from the uh, from the gym, we either record a video or play basketball or something like that. And then we have the entire night, because this was off season, we had the entire night to do fun things and also record videos. And if you have that within an organization where it's super clear what you're going to be doing every single day, and if I can make sure that these players are motivated enough to record with me, um, it can really grow a brand. And this is what I see with, like, for example, whenever Energy had their castle of the first like few months, and they recorded like 35 videos in, in, in a week, which was very, like I, I saw like the, the, the behind the scenes videos. Um, whenever Grady was like, he wanted to record something, it was super stressful for him. But because of like the 35 videos, they were like all done in advance. It was really easy to track whenever each video was filmed. And you could see that the growth on the energy YouTube was going really well because, you know, you simply had um, two of the best players in the world at that point. You had Clicks and Benji both being at the castle. Um, and then outside of that, you still had, well, back then you had Ron, who, who was like a big personality in Fortnite. Right. And you had all of these other people who were good personalities and they were just really having fun. And that's something I do want to do as much as I possibly can because I feel like that's like the way how you should be doing it. And, um, Obviously, within Fortnite, it's harder because like the price pools are lower, contracts are way lower when it comes to like uh, the players itself. Like in, in Valorant, a tier one pro makes four to five times as much as a tier one Fortnite pro, um, and like even a tier three Valorant pro makes as much as a tier one Fortnite pro. 
So in that way, the contracts are way different. The inflation is not as high because of um, because of some of these organizations in Valorant, they don't overpay their players so much. So you don't really have like, um, you don't really have like a contract switch when it comes to like their, uh, how much they're making, for example. So this is something different, completely different from what I was first saying. But um, <laughs> it's, it's harder in Fortnite to get, so the conclusion what I'm having is it's harder for Fortnite players to be what I want them to be because the price pools are lower, the contracts are lower, and you just can't really expect someone to get paid $2,000 a month outside of Fortnite tournaments and do a full-time creating job into that way, if you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Like $2,000 is not a full-time salary a month. Exactly. No, exactly. That's that's half what full-time is because I've read something about that the average household makes $52,000 a year. And don't get me wrong, that, is, that doesn't mean that if you're 25, you don't make 52K a year, that you're doing bad for yourself. But it, it says something about if you get $2,000 a month and you, you're doing this full time and you're not placing too well one season. So you made 6K in three months uh, outside of, just from that and you did an entire season, you didn't place well. Um, it's rough if you have a house, if you have rent to pay, if you have your health insurance to pay and all that, you can't expect them to become creators at that point too. Um, well, this is on is top of whatever they do for themselves too, right? So it's exactly. like, yeah. I'm also trying to build my own value, but you're, you're paying me X. And I, I've seen various um, contracts from orgs that are, understandable and and some that are like dude this is freaking crazy like no one is going to sign this but you know some kids do which is the the worst part about it even though recently i feel like orgs within fortnite have been a lot better i, I feel like we haven't had as much like craziness and volatility within the space and even some of the big names that we're paying crazy amounts of money of dissipated because you know you can't just throw crazy amounts of money at something and get nothing in return exactly uh, but yeah it's it's been an up and down and i definitely know what you mean um if you guys were listening if uh you're looking for somebody to run your creative process and direction make sure to hit up vanny visuals on twitter he's a, a good man he'll do some good work for you hopefully you guys are in the u.s if you are listening so you can get back <laughs> over here but um nonetheless i mean would you be able, I don't know the answer to this, like say it was just for like a player, you were working as their content manager, um, would that be able to get you a working visa or would that, that's probably a, a big requirement on the player themselves to do all that work to get you a Yeah. Um, so I looked into this because I was actually talking to, to Joji, one of her um, whenever that uh, entire thing happened with like the organization that didn't fall through. Um, so he, him and I were looking into this and the thing is the player needs to be registered as either a freelancer in something. So they would need to have their own freelance company or they would need to have a company outside of Fortnite and they would put their Fortnite earnings onto that company. So if you're making $1,200 from winning a cash cup, a solo cash cup, for example, you're already losing out on 
$650 of taxes because you're putting it under that company. So it's not ideal to do that because it would cost them way more money than they would just get simply get someone in the U.S. at that point. Um, so it's not ideal. Uh, only reason, like only way how I could work in the U.S. is either via a an organization or from like a studio, like Oni Studios or uh, or something like that. But then again, I do want to keep Cintrus and not you know work for a different studio if I uh, have the choice to. Um, so in that way, it's it's very hard, and um, I'm just trying to figure out like. If there's any hot moms who, who are single at this point, <laughs> like hit me up, please. Oh, and, and I got you. <laughs> I mean, at that point, like I'll happily help out and I'll happily raise your kid. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I, I, I understand. I figured that's what would be the case. Cause I'm pretty sure for a working visa, you need an established business to then like essentially vouch for you. I forget what the actual term is, but then yeah. they have to make sure your salary doing like X amount of work. And there also needs to be something along the lines of like, they can't find this type of labor within the U S so yeah. like you would have to provide something different, which I mean, there's probably not too many people doing what you're doing. So that's not going to be the tough part, but finding a business willing to, to bring you over here. Cause I remember even just having, so this is slightly different, but having, speedy and muzz come over from oce cost tna like twelve thousand dollars i believe kirsch said so yep. that's not even like actual flights and housing that's literally just lawyers making sure that they can bring someone over and legally be here right because you could always take a vacation to the u.s and maybe work but then you ruin your chances of getting a work visa here in the future so yeah so what the plan for me right now is, um, especially within GMAC Atlanta coming up and, and also in, uh, I always fumble the name. Is it Raleigh? It's Raleigh. 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 So with, with those two things coming up, the idea for me is going to be, I'm going to be in the country from the end of October till the start of December. Okay. So I'm going to be there for almost three months. The max you can do whenever you're, uh, European citizens three months. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing. And I'll be, you know, obviously I'll be working and it, it, it's completely fine as long as you don't, uh, or it's completely fine if I pay my taxes from Europe. So I wouldn't need to get my, um, what, what's it called? Accountant to do all my taxes for me. I'm not able, I'm not allowed to do my taxes in the U S because okay. then at that point, it looks like I'm working in the U.S. and I'm doing my taxes in the U.S. It's it's very odd. It's very complicated. But if I do it uh, like the way I'm explaining it to you, to you right now, I should be fine. And, and I'm allowed to do it, but I can't stay longer than 90 days. And then I'll have to fly back home, stay in the country for two weeks, and then I can fly back to the U.S. if I wanted to. But, I mean, tickets right now are a certain amount of money. They're like $1,900 right now which they used to be 900 before COVID. Jeez. Well, and like flights suck right now. Flying in general is just like oh. such a crapshoot as to, am I actually going to take off? Am I actually going to be able to get on this flight on time? And then how many problems are going to be along the way? Because exactly. I've flown 
more in the past like few months than I did like the past five or so years. And I've gotten mm-hmm. lucky, like only a couple of delays, but you see like almost every day you, you hear somebody like, ah, oh, this flight didn't happen or, you know, my layover got delayed. So then I didn't make my next flight. And then you're just stuck traveling for like 18 hours when it's supposed to be exactly. a three hour flight. Uh, yeah, that's luck, the, man. Thank you. That, that, that's what happened with, um, whenever we went for a lead to, to dream X Sweden. We, uh, you know, you know the story now, but it was a solid, sorry, I think someone's calling it. Uh, it, it was a solid, like four hours that we were staying at the airport, just waiting for, for Empton's baggage just didn't come. <laughs> so that, that was not ideal. And I was, I was the first one to arrive and I was sitting there for a solid 10 hours in general before oh, everyone geez. was there. So it was, it was not fun. Um, well, I'm just hoping that it's not going to be this bad. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's kind of that. And I'm just hoping that everything's just going to be fine soon. Um, especially within COVID, too, because I don't want to miss out on, like, the first proper land with all the different organizations going to be there and all the different players from all different countries. Because, obviously, within Sweden, it was cool to see that you had Alec and Jenks from OCE being there. You had a few guys from West and East. Well, there was nobody from Middle East. There's nobody from Asia who, were, who was there. So in that way, I just want to see, like, the entire world coming together for, like, one land event. Obviously, it's going to be amazing. So I'm going to be looking out for that. But, yeah, that's pretty much it, what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, that's right in my backyard. I live from the venue probably 20 minutes. So Oh, that's great. I'm super excited. And, you know, it's going to be an awesome time to have everyone here. I can't, yeah. can't wait. It's the first time that I'm going to like get to be a part of a Fortnite land rather than just like appearing at one. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, you know, I get to work it. If not, I'll get to go as like a creator or something like that and enjoy it nonetheless. But we are well over or not well over, but we're over an hour. I didn't even realize we got talking for an hour that flew yeah. by. Uh, I don't want to hold you for too much longer. So Let's uh let's wrap this up and just want to say thank you. I could chat for much longer, but I know you're a busy man, so I don't want to take a bunch of your time today. Yeah, I, but I just came in and saying that food is gonna be on the table in like five minutes. So <laughs> all right, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. So yes, two questions and wrap up. You said you've listened to one. Uh, do you know mm-hmm. what the first one is? No, because I have not made it until the end <laughs> with any one of them. Because my with my ADD lately, I cannot watch a video that's like eight minutes anymore. I okay. the max I can do is like for example four minutes, and I'm done with the video. Or the same thing within like podcasts too. I'm just so my concentration level is so low recently <laughs> that it's it's not good. All right, so I, I, I got you. What the questions so the are. first question is: What is your favorite Fortnite skin? Oh, um, we're going OG style for this one. Like okay. this, this one was released Fourth of July, twenty eighteen. I think it's like the Star Strangled. Uh, what's it called? The Star Strangled Bomber or something? You have like the you know like the teddy bear skin with like the U.S. flag onto it. It was in the yeah. same set as that one. It's not that the, the, the teddy bear, but it was like. One of the like clear ones. I, I don't know if you Star know Justin Spangled Ranger or Trooper. There's yeah, two of them. 
Oh, the girl version. Okay. I, I don't know which one's which, but I just pulled that up. I, I like yeah, that. So that's, uh, that's my favorite skin, I want to say. All right. And then secondly, where can people find you? What are you going to be up to? This is uh, your chance to plug yourself, so fire away. Yes, sir. So you can find me on uh, on, on Twitter, at VanVisuals. Um, and if you want to find my company, Centrist, it's at Centrist. And the way how you write it down is uh, – I know that a lot of people are going to fumble this because it's <laughs> not normal that you would think about it like that. It's C-I-N-E-T-R. E-S-T. So Sinatris, pretty much. Um, and what I'm going to be up to is I'm just going to be working. I'm going to be having fun. Just, you know, just doing like what, whatever a 22-year-old, always 23-year-old is going to be doing. Uh, and um, I'm honestly just going to be vibing currently because I don't really know what the plans are. I just want to do whatever is going to be good for, for me and my clients in general. So awesome awesome well thank you so much vanny it was an yeah thank you too great conversation i really enjoyed this let's uh let's do it again sometime and yes, sir best of luck to you and everybody listening or watching thank you guys for listening we really appreciate it this is another episode of the fortnite story if you have any complaints concerns you want to tell me we're awesome look beautiful uh you can send me a dm on twitter that's somebody's gun it's right below me if you're on uh spotify or another platform somebody's gun on twitter thank you guys appreciate you see you next time peace